this is exactly how I start a lot of my clips when sh when shooting video. Daniel will get ready to hit record, and I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to say, and I'm trying to work it out in my head, and I'm just like, you know what, just hit record, and I'll just figure it out on camera. <laughs> it usually works. It usually does work. There's something. I wonder why that is. Happens when you hit record. Yeah, it's like there's this pressure to just do, just do something, and then you do it, and it's probably yeah. good enough. Yeah. Interesting. Well, that's what we're doing right now. We are recording. Uh, oh. Yeah, I hit the button, and then you started talking. So you like totally oh. did the thing that you were saying you were going to do, which is pretty fun. But I'm not the one that's supposed to be talking. It's, I don't have to start it every time. I just do. <laughs> How are you guys? I'm doing I'm good. good. Yeah. I'm good. Cool. That's, <laughs> that's Jimmy's turkey. He has turkeys now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You guys know my turkeys are like dogs. They come up to, like, when they see me pull up and I get out of the car, they come running to me and they all sit around me. I feel like Mother Nature. It's pretty pretty cool. It's been a lot on Instagram a little bit. But hmm. the this special breed of turkeys, which I didn't pick, they just were the only thing available at Tractor Supply in April when I bought them. You have to buy six because they deter people from buying one as a pet and they want to make sure that they're being taken serious. So you can't buy one, you have to buy six of oh, ducks wow. and chickens and turkeys and so i bought six ducks and six turkeys and six chickens in the beginning of the summer and, and as the turkeys mature they began to just walk up and just sit next to me it was the strangest thing because i've had different turkeys i've had a bourbon it's like a brown bourbon white and i had a all brown turkey i forget the name of that turkey but they wouldn't they come near you and talk but they would never come and sit next to you and expect to be pet Huh. These five, there's a male, and the male is this. So there's five hens in one male, and the male just walks around with his chest puffed out, doesn't really get too close. But all five of the hens come over to me and just sit. Like I'll be sitting in the grass on a sunny day, and all five of them come over and sit next to me, and they all expect to be pet and rubbed and everything. Hmm. So cute! It's so cute. Everybody That's that so sees strange. it is like amazed. Like you see, like grown men, they're like. Oh my, like this guy, this construction guy's out there building the barn right now. And they're like, oh my God. They like get down on their knees, like, can I touch it? I'm like, yeah, yeah, pet its head. It's okay. <laughs> really? Wow. <laughs> it's so cute. It's so cute to see everybody turn into a little kid at a petting zoo. Because you, you never expect to be able to get anywhere near a bird yeah. of any kind. They just fly away or run away. And it's just the cutest thing. That's it. That's my turkey huh. story. I'm so, not killing okay. any of them, by the way. Everybody always asks. They won't get eaten for Thanksgiving. I probably won't even eat turkey on Thanksgiving. It's not really my jam. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, if you're surrounded by really sweet little turkeys, it's probably not your jam. Cause then <laughs> yeah, no, it never really has been. It's just the cutest thing. And I said to the guys that they're doing the barn, they're closing in the barn, and I'm hanging out there, and I'm like the turkeys see me because I come up from the other side. They didn't know I was home. And they all come running to me. And, yeah, I'm their daddy. They like me. That's <laughs> really cute. <laughs> so give me the like bottom bottom line with having chickens or turkeys or any of that stuff, how much work on a daily basis is it to, like, is it worthwhile? Is it worthwhile for the eggs? It, yeah, well, yeah. If you have, like, where you live, Bob, you could probably have chickens, right? Would yeah, there's some in our neighborhood. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, you got a kind of sprawling area there. If you had, like, three or four chickens, you'd end up with a few eggs a day, probably just enough. You know, if you wait a few days, you let it build up. I get about, in a week, I get about 15 eggs a week, maybe more. Right now, usually more when it's warmer out. They slow down when it gets cold out. It's not, it's not, and I have, 
I, I never keep count because I always, if I get obsessive, I lose one. I spend the whole night looking for it in the yard. So I stopped counting. Uh, I must have about 15 chickens, six ducks, and six turkeys. And I put food in there about every three days. I make sure they have food about every three or four days. And I keep a big tub of water. And just yesterday, I went to tractor supply because now it's getting cold. And I bought a, a water heater. Because I keep mm. a big tub. There used to be a different system, but now it's just me. I don't have to argue with anybody. I just put a big tub of water there, and I just put a, a, a horse water heater in it. And it just heats the puddle of water, and I make sure the water's fresh. It's going to be a little difficult going into the winter because I don't have a, a hose down there. And I'm going to have to carry five-gallon jugs of water down there from the basement because the basement water line obviously does not freeze, but the ones out and open do. So I'll figure that out. And then I'll just mm. keep a tub of water, like a small trough, like a horse trough, and the birds will drink out of that. I try and fill up the the five-gallon thing with the water feeder at the bottom, and the ducks love the water, so they hog the water feeder the whole time and just splash and play in the two-inch wide ring around the edge, and they don't let anybody in. And they also eliminate all the water that gets splashed out. So that's why I just use the big tub. I'll come out in the evening to close the gang to ducks will be sitting in the drinking water so i just have to get them out <laughs> that's weird <laughs> so i try and freshen so besides freshening the water every couple of days that's the only pain in the butt but i bring them so, out bags of food about every three days i fill up the all the things so you get eggs from the chickens but and i let them the out purpose? in the morning and then i close them at night but what's the purpose of the ducks and the turkeys other than just like their buddies purely aesthetics they just okay. look cool and they're fun i mean actually you could get turkey eggs too hmm and some people do buy them in April and fatten them up and they slaughter them and eat them. Some people do. Sure. The turkeys that I have are the, the slaughtering kind, but I won't do that. Hmm. I just think they're cute. They're just like having pets. I like them for, they're like the background <laughs> actors in my Instagram stories, really. That's what yeah. they are. And on the podcast. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, I actually didn't <laughs> let them out this morning so they wouldn't make noise. Hmm. I've been kind of getting into that habit of not letting them out the first thing in the morning. If I'm going to do this or any other Zoom calls. Huh. Crazy. Well, we're not going to get chickens. We have some friends that have some, and they get more, way more eggs than they can use. So yeah, Jenny goes over me. and buys like she gets like three dozen eggs from them for five bucks or ten bucks or something. It's ridiculous. So we have plenty of eggs. I don't want to take care of chickens. I was just curious because it seems like one of those things. Anybody that has chickens, they're like, oh yeah, it's no big deal. You just got to make sure like hawks and foxes don't get them and stuff. But there's nothing. Really that doesn't tell do me how that. much actual work it takes to raise yeah, chickens. I, I dump out a. A fifty ga- a fifty pound bag of food about every three days. Then yep. it's again because now thing? it's now it's just me again. I can change all the rules that used to be really set in place. I just tear open a bag. I just cut a square in the side of the bag and I just drop it on the ground. Then I let them eat it all day long. And then at the end of the day, if I had a minute, I just take the bag and then I dump it in their feeder for the rest of the couple of days. So I do that a lot. Like they're all like, we need food now. We need food now. So I'll just drag a bag out of the garage, slice open the whole square side and just let them eat out of that for a few hours. They eat out of it for like two hours and then they're done. And then when no one's around, I just pick the bag up and put it in their feeder. So I, I cut a lot of corners now that no one's there to supervise me. <laughs> I can get away with it. Yeah. It's just me. I mean, it used to be three people, two people here taking care of everything. It's just me now. Watering the plants, taking care of the grass and the hedges and everything. Mm. So it's we actually talk refreshing. about watering the plants. That's hard. 
Oh, that is a pain. I mean, <laughs> you is, see plants like plants like knocking on the kitchen door. It's like, hey, could, did you forget me? <laughs> like I did actually. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I need to set you. a reminder for us every day. Because we brought plants, all the plants in from yeah. that that were on the porch. I would just yeah. water them with the spray hose. And now they're all inside, and I forget they're there. But there's something really nice about having plants in the house. It it totally changes the feel of a room. Oh yeah, yeah I, I absolutely. Agree. Yeah, Jenny's one that like I I like plants, but I don't have any on purpose. You know, I don't take care of them. I would, but she loves to do it, and she has lots of them. And she's one that will propagate whatever she has, whether you're supposed to or not, whether it's easy or not. She'll just like I'm just this thing fell off, so I'm going to stick it in some water or stick it in some yeah. dirt. And so we have all these little. Cups in our everywhere. window, <laughs> yeah, these little cups of little propagations behind our, science our sink. Experiments. Yeah, and you know, it's it's pretty cool. My granddad was the same way. I remember, like, um, when my grandmother was alive, the house was a lot, you know, tidier and and everything. But then when it was just him, he was like, "Well, I'm just going to let this plant grow forever, and I'm going to make twenty pots so, of the same thing and just give them to people and whatever." So, oh, that's cute. Yeah, we had a lot of a lot of that. There's this uh, there's a plant called a crown of thorns. I think is what it's called. And he got, I don't know how we got to this. He got a clipping of this from my grandmother, the farm that my grandmother grew up on. So we're talking, you know, early, a hundred years ago. And he got a clipping of this thing that had been on this farm and then grew it into a plant and then started clipping off pieces of it and gave it to my brother and gave it to my parents and gave it to my sister and I think I had one but I killed it probably I don't know (laughs) but my brother I think is the one that has kept them alive the longest but it's kind of cool that this one plant has just been propagated out through a few generations of of the family this is funny I wouldn't obviously would never expect to talk about this but when I was in high school I worked at a florist in 1984 and the guy I worked for was very knowledgeable in, on flowers and plants. And they, somebody came in with a palm tree that was broken. The cat knocked it over. And so he, he cut it where the break was and then cut a stalk out of that middle through the top away because it was dying. Gave me the, the stalk and goes, put this in water. It'll probably turn into a plant. He goes, most likely it'll come back to life. I gave it to my mother. And that plant is still in my mother's house. That's crazy. Really? And it's that stalk that we put in a cup of water. So that's 35 years ago. Wow. It's still there. And then another wow. story is there's a tree, a willow tree in, in the Lower East Side. Really old willow tree. It looks like it's 100 more years old. It's twisted up out of the sidewalk. Everybody knows the willow tree on, on First Avenue and Avenue, First Street and Avenue A. And I would pull stalks off it, put them in water here. And so all the willow trees on my property are from the tree on Avenue A. That's cool. Oh. There's, about, there's about 20 willow trees. I plant them everywhere in the spring. So I grow the and a tree, a snow knocked one down, and I cut all the stalks off. It brought them inside in the winter and propagated all them in water, and I planted them all around the property. So I keep growing them and growing them. I like willow trees. Everyone complains that they're a big weed and that they're just going to break and fall over. I'm like, I don't care. I got plenty of room. They look really the cool though. Yeah, I, I like think them. don't their roots take over the the ground and can ruin houses. Uh, my I, everything's far enough away. Yeah, yeah. I, I do it in the but, tree line because I just want the tree line to fill in to yeah, create some privacy. I, I think that's one of the complaints about willow trees is the the root system. Hmm. They're they're fragile. They they break under snow loads and stuff. They don't. They grow a little like they always break on the on the crotch really easily. Hmm. But anyway, so that's an interesting story that crazy plants could take over and keep going. David, do you have a lot of plants? DNA? We do. We have. I mean, not a lot, but we have 
a good amount of plants. There's snake plants all over the place, some fig leaves and um, lilies that were from. The lilies are super easy to take care of because they they will look sickly if you don't water them for a couple weeks. You give them a little bit of water, they come back to life like the next day. Mm. The, the fig leaves ones are super, super picky about how much water. You can't overwater them. They always, the leaves just fall off if you look at them wrong. Snake, <laughs> we have a, a bunch of snake plants and they just look gorgeous and they're pretty easy to take care of. I'm hmm. I'm talking like I do most of the take caring of the plants, but it's 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 usually Kelly. But sometimes we forget to water them, and so we're we're trying to cover each other. Yeah. Right. Well, I don't do any of it. <laughs> well, speaking speaking of watering, I, would, then, I just don't need to. I say, but to bring it back to tools, when I worked with Wade in the graveyard. And Wade is the guy who I work with in the graveyard, Wade Fowler. He's the, the millennial stone cleaner is his Instagram and his YouTube. He had this five-gallon water pump, or maybe it's a two-gallon because it's not that heavy. And you know the ones you pump up and then you hold the spray nozzle? He had one with a battery in it. And I was t- totally blown away. And I went and bought one. And that's how I water the plants. So you walk on, it, hold, it just looks just like one you would pump up, but there's a button on it and the whole head is a charging battery. And it runs a pump that pumps up the thing so you never have to go mm. you just hold it and so that's how I water the plants in the house with mm. I just keep there's no soap in the bucket I just keep just pure water and that's how I'll walk around because I have a lot of plants now inside the house because we brought a lot of things in for the winter mm. and that's the some... biggest pain is to run around with a five gallon jug of water to water all the plants around yeah and there are some automatic watering systems mm-hmm. like some of them will have a little wick on the bottom that goes into a pool and that wick just pulls the water up or the little glass tube or whatever and the problem with those is you completely forget about them and then they will get yeah in a month up. everyone's dying yeah and yeah. i'm just saying that because i'll get 10 emails saying you should check out this watering system <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, even the watering awesome. system needs to be babied, but just less frequently yeah. with enough time yeah, for you to yeah. forget you even have them. Yep, sure. You set reminders. Well, what have you guys been? Uh, what have you been working on? I just finished the bicycle roll, the roll for the bicycle for the front. It's a oh, leather yeah. wooden sided thing. I, I every time I speak with Weaver, I'm like, "What do you want to show? Is there anything you want me to show off? Is there any material you want me to play with?" And it's good because it gives me ideas that I otherwise wouldn't think of. And they came back to me and said. A lot of people ask about these saddlebags. And I started making it, and it's funny. You think you could make something from memory. And then I was making it, and then like I come across, I'm like, how do they handle the straps? You just assume the straps are just wrapped around this big roll. And I'm like, wait, how do the straps stay on it? Because I got to that point where I'm like, I'm, I kept kind of testing it in space. And I'm like, how do the straps just not fall off? I didn't understand how they stay there. So I had to go back and look at a couple solutions. And they're not always the same. But one solution that I, people often just rivet straps right onto the exterior. So I was like, you know, let me weave it in and out. I think I saw one like that, but in a different circumstance. So I wove the leather in and out of just two little buckle holes on the beginning of the strap and the end of the strap. So that was a little problem solved. But it was fun. It came out good. And everyone's saying, are you selling these? Are you selling these? Not selling them. They're not easy. (laughs) Doing anything with stitching or wood. So no, I'm not selling them. But that was a good. That was a fun video. 
did that, and I'm working on uh, some private stuff. I, I'm going to do a couple of videos that are going to only be on on Patreon, and that's the me assembling several of these these bags that I'm working on these these snap together leather bags that I've been working on on Instagram. How are those selling? Pretty good. I mean, I'm not I'm not selling them hand over fist because they're very expensive. I mean, my host I wholesale them to my friend for 500, and I sell them directly for 500. So my friend who has a shop in Woodstock is selling them for more. But she has a gallery and overhead, and she also has clients that don't know me and never will know me. So it's kind of a different situation. So uh, she sold a couple, and I'm I might have sold like seven or eight of them by now. For about five hundred bucks each, and yeah. and and I'm just I'm just yesterday I put together about fifteen of them. I spent the whole day just cutting and assembling them, and uh, they're not they're not done. Once I assemble them, they still need to have the straps riveted in, and they still need about they all they need to be sh- to, to be pop riveted or well, not pop riveted, but the handset rivets. And so it takes a little bit of time, but it's definitely more fun than stitching. The funny thing is you can never, you try and be the most careful you could possibly be whenever I bring a piece of leather to the sewing machine, especially when the camera's on. Try and be the most careful I could possibly be. And this is a funny little thing. If you see in the video in the bike roll where I do, I run two lines of stitching and I put the machine, like everything's clean, perfect. I got my lines in order and I bring them the leather up under the foot of the sewing machine and I close it and I do one, two stitches and there's a huge stain of oil that was like collected on the foot that was just waiting to soak into something expensive and fancy and it did right into the You can't see it in the video, but it really annoyed me. And then I had a little thread issue. So at the end of that stitch, I cut and I snipped and then the thread got sucked back into the machine. I, of course, I edited it. You don't see it. And then the thread got sucked back into the machine. So I pulled the thread out and I re-thread the machine, the upper part of the machine. And I leave out a very critical point, the arm that like tugs up. I leave that out because I'm an idiot, because I'm in a rush. And I keep <laughs> trying to sew and it's not sewing and it keeps creating a ball. And I'm like, this thing worked perfect 10 minutes ago. So all that's me fumbling and I cut that off. And I realized I didn't thread the machine correctly. So when I machete the stream, and then the second roll of stitching, so in the edit, it starts already in the machine because the first five times I attempted it, it wasn't threaded right. But these are the things nobody sees. That's why we edit those parts out. <laughs> but anyway, so that's when I see that part of them. It's just a point of point of frustration. So I don't know why I brought that up, but so that's what I'm <laughs> because it was frustrating. <laughs> yeah, that's what this podcast is about. That's right. Airing our grievances. Yeah. So no, it's not all. It's not all. Ro- it's not all uh, rainbows and sunshines for us YouTubers. <laughs> Mostly, but not all of it. Mostly. Yeah. David, what about you? So we are working. I'm just finishing up some nightstands, and there they are. They're they're wall hanging nightstands, for the for the new house. So they're wall hangs. Not wall stands, right? Yeah, yeah, they're 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 night hangs. <laughs> night hangs. I like and, it. Uh, it. It's been That's a. It. You know how anytime try that title, you get fifteen views. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you won't you won't believe how these walls hang. These night hangs work. Yeah, these night hangs. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be a nightmare titling this one. Yeah. Um, it started off is supposed to be a super simple project, just kind of like a square box that is 
French cleated to the wall and then with an extra little shelf coming down. And then we got to a, a point where we need, like, we didn't know if this was actually going to be sturdy because it's about 15 inches from the wall. And that's a, that's a lot for a French cleat. And then we found that it was sturdy, but there was like a little bit of flexed, which just didn't feel right. And then we were yeah. going to add the second little shelf that would hang underneath. And we realized that wasn't going to work at all. And so we figured out a way to kind of connect those two in a different way, but have like a little C support between the two. This will make sense when you see the video, but was it, this is all happening in the video. We had to kind of change our direction and I didn't like how the little C supports did, didn't match anything else within the project because everything was square corners. And then I'm like, well, what if we change the, the drawer pull to this big thing that kind of adds a little bit of continuity between that and the, and the C supports? And it just all came together and it looks fantastic. It actually looks better after making the modifications to make it more sturdy than the, my original design and just really happy with the way they came out. They look good. The There's going to be an issue with the ending because the floors are being worked on and it's taken a little bit longer than I expected. So I don't think I can shoot the ending to the video with them in their in their final resting position. So that's funny I, I did I did similar wall hangings years ago for a, a video I might have made it for Rockler I made the wall hanging drawers that connect to the wall mm-hmm. and I had nowhere to put them in the city and so I put them on the cement wall in the workshop and said one day I'll hang these somewhere and that's how the video ended and then when mm-hmm. the, the Roku channel came out and they wanted them again I was like you know what now that I hadn't I, we put them in Taylor's apartment a few years ago and they're really beautifully in a placement and I was like you know what let me reshoot the end of that video because I could. Oh. So I did shoot the end. So oh, nice. if anybody sees that video, and the video ends with me like sticking them on the wall in the workshop, and then there's an addendum. This is where they are now in place in a beautiful setting in a cool bedroom. But they are hmm. difficult to put on the wall unless you have good, sturdy walls. In that house, those nice old plaster walls. In this particular spot in my house, I have other ones that I bought on Etsy. Every time I come in my bedroom, if the cats are out, the cats are like sitting on both of them, and they're both drooping. <laughs> All the cats oh. love going from the bed, and then they stand. Then I got a twenty-five pound cat just sitting on the edge of this cantilevered shelf, and yeah. they've pulled them both out of the wall. They're still on the wall, but any minute now, I'm going to find them on the ground. I have to take them off and reset them. I was thinking about that this morning, which is so funny because I'm That's looking funny. at huh. it, and the little gap at the back of the wall. They're like a three-degree or four-degree yeah. slant on both of them because the cats always sit on them. That's why the cats aren't allowed in the house alone. We um, <laughs> we kind of went with the wall-hanging nightstands, night hangers, because it would be easier to clean under. Like if this is going to be an Airbnb, I want to make life life simple. And it just looks different. I think it's going to make for 100%, a really cool-looking yeah. thumbnail. And no one's going to move them around and put them in a different bedroom while they're yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. You ever notice, like, we used to rent the house and we'd come back and, like, people would rearrange the house. It's the strangest thing. That's like, we thought this would be better over there for that person for the That's evening. That's funny. That is weird. And they'd, they'd be like, you know, the chairs would be in different rooms and rocking chairs would be in different rooms and night tables, like, sometimes would be moved around. Well, one of the next videos that we're going to do is going to be a bed for that same bedroom. And so... I think we're going to take advantage of not being able to show the ending to tease the, the next video saying next we're going to make a bed 
we can't we don't have access to the room because the room is being sanded and and refinished so look for these in the next video and that, i think that's how we're going to end it and i mean could you could you temporarily mount them like to a piece of plywood a nice looking piece of wood or something so that you could at least show their you yeah, know not in the final place but this is what it's going to look like yeah that's that's definitely there. what we're going to do we yeah i drilled holes in my shop to hang it in the shop just to see how sturdy it would be so i mean it's already there's already room one of them is, is hanging there now as it's drying with polyurethane so the plywood idea might be a good if i have i think i have a nice sheet of cherry plywood that i could use <laughs> that you can ruin shots. just by putting two yeah. holes in it <laughs> yeah yeah uh yeah. youtubers and their infinite amount of materials that's right YouTube sends you a stack of plywood when you yeah, sign up. I don't yeah. know if anybody knew that or not. But, yep. Well, that's cool. Um, anything, what else is going on at the house? At the, you said you so were there's getting floors. A, there's, we got a guy. I keep saying we got a guy because it's nice. That we, I've never had a guy before. But we got a guy who's doing a bunch <laughs> of work for us. And he's just independent. It's just a, a single person. And he's refinishing all the floors. And it's he only... Uh, the estimate that we got for the floors, I thought, okay, that that's good. That's that that's a decent estimate. That's going to save me many days of work, but it's taken him many days of work just for the prep, and I'm thinking his estimate is way too low to to do the floors, and so I'm wondering if he's kind of hating life right now because it's taken him much longer. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm willing to pay him more than what he estimated if, if he feels like it, it should be should be more because I want to keep this guy around because he's going to redo he's going to redo the bathroom here in a few weeks. And so I was over there last night and most of the floors are sanded and it's going to look fantastic. Like I was mm. really excited to see the bare the bare oak flooring. It's, it's going to be pretty nice. It's nice. Cool. So other I got a crew here closing in the barn, so it's nice when you have somebody you could trust. It's yeah. It's my friend Mike who who went out of construction for a couple of years, and then recently his his work circumstance changed. I was like, if you want to work on the barn, go for it. And he's like, okay. So now I got a guy. Again, it, hmm. I I asked our neighbor a few weeks ago. I'm like, hey, we got we need some work done at this other house. Do you have any recommendations? And he's like, oh yeah, we got a guy, and getting a phone call here uh we he's like we got we got a guy and we trust him like he just comes like we just let him into the house when we're not here and he does the work he's fantastic and and uh so yeah he has a he has a the security code to the other house we gave him his own security code and he can just go in and work when he wants to and it, it's got to be nice for him to work without people hovering over him and just letting yeah. him do what he wants to do or what he needs to do yeah that's cool. Man. Well, for me, uh, let's see. This last week, what have I been doing? I'm working on a, a, a display case for inside of a door. Hmm. And this is like, well, yeah, this is one of those things that I think it's a cool idea. Nobody else is going to care about it. I don't even know how to, like, present the video. So we're, we're doing one of the, like, it's a, me with a hole in the door, you know, kind of looking through it, just like, what am I doing kind of things? Because I, if I were to say, a display case in your door, nobody would be interested. So, mm -hmm. but I think it's a really cool idea. Basically, I've got a hollow core door that goes into my shop. 
and you guys know I like toys and I like to display things that I like and so I've got a bunch of old Star Wars figures like this guy that you know if you have a bunch of these <clears throat> and you put them on a shelf and they're all stacked up deep you can't really see them and so what I decided to do was cut out the inside of a hollow core door oh, and cool. build in a display case for a single level of these mm. and so it's you know it's an inch and a quarter deep um, it's a big like 36 by 27 panel with clear acrylic shell shelves with a blue background LEDs built into the door that shine from the outsides into the end of the case, the inside of the case. And so these are just going to be captured across. And so it's funny because like when I said display case and a door, you were like, okay, you know what? But what it turned into being is a bunch of really cool little problem solving things that I've enjoyed but I don't know how to get that across to people. And what I mean by that is I had to figure out how do you get a bunch of these things to stand in place and not move around, not when the door opens and closes, they don't slide. Mm -hmm. um, how do you light inside of a door? How do you make shelves that are movable inside of a hole inside of a door that's then coverable so that they're, you know, and how do you open and close it so that you can change out the figures and all this type of stuff? I ended up going into Fusion and building figure stands. See this mm -hmm. little like 3D printed stand? So I made a parametric model for this stand for the size of the post that fits the size of the hole on the foot. And this none of this is in the video because it's like, I don't know. Um, so I did this to have a little stand for him and then realized that 3D printing was going to take too long. So I came up with a, a laser cut way to do the same thing with the post. So now I have stands that I can put in there and hold a whole bunch of figures that are clear acrylic and they set in place and they're not going to move when the door moves because they're perfectly fit. And then I was like, well, what if I want to put another thing in there? Like minifigs, because we have a bunch of these little Lego minifigs, because they're a cool display thing, right? They're small, you can get a whole bunch of them. Turns out you can fit twice as many of these minifigs in the same height as one Star Wars figure. Um, but I wanted to be able to display a bunch of these things. So then I built a parametric model of a Lego brick that this is 3D printed. And this has been done before. I mean, I'm not like breaking new ground or anything. But that's parametric. So I can put in the number of rows and columns that I want for the studs. I can put in the amount of margin that I want around the outside of the brick, and I just put in the numbers, and then it makes a new model, and I can print them out. So, I printed this. Look at this thing. That's the, the, for the mini for the minis. Yeah, I printed twenty of these. I have a whole, a whole. Look at that. <laughs> I printed all these Lego bricks for stands that these guys just snapped to. It's so cool to me. Like nice. <laughs> didn't, didn't you make a, a an Instagram story about why you wouldn't want a three D print or why? Yeah. Was that so? You? I was I, that... I was I was showing that I had done this, but then saying you know also just so you know this is a really impractical thing like you wouldn't want to use this for making your own bricks that you're going to build with and the big reason for that is the bottom of the bricks. So anybody watching the video, you can see like the bottom of a Lego brick and then the bottom of my brick are not the same, right? Because mine's solid. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. 
modeling in all of the negative space, the anti-stud is what they call it, in the bottom of a Lego, it, printing that would be a big pain in the butt because you'd have all these this gap that you're trying to print and all this stuff. Um, so it's impractical to make interlocking bricks, but as just making a stand, like it's it's cool because in the model I can just say I want a twenty-five by three. And it just does it. And I'm like, oh, I want a little more margin on the outsides. And you can add all this margin. And parametric stuff is so cool. But so this simple display case thing, which won't be out until next week, I guess. Um, it's just, it's it's led to a bunch of cool little things that actually probably aren't even going to make it into the video. I guess, because it, it doesn't really, I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. But that's Can, the stuff that really excites me. Is like I, yeah. I made a cool, very specific, flexible thing. Do you ever do, do, you ever do a, a second edit with like a voiceover, like I usually do? Do you ever do that? No, I mean I talk through the videos anyway. So yeah, but I mean like you can you can do like a real behind the scenes one. Yeah, well, so you know, last week we talked about editing help, and I think it was last week about how I would like to be able to do more stuff like that for the second channel, but just the just the you know people power to do more edits is difficult and we've gotten a bunch of contacts from people wanting to help with editing um, and so it may be something where I can start to take those ideas and make another video just about how this mm -hmm. thing came to be that's not going to be a big hit or anything but at least I can do it and put it on the second channel if it's affordable to have somebody edit that you know what about uh, those little individual problem-solving moments as shorts. We do that, um, and and I try to capture some of those, even if they don't make it into the main video, I try to capture some of those on camera in the moment just so that we can make a short out of them. And we've been doing more shorts lately. Um, some of it, though, is just, you know, like the process of modeling this parametrically and getting all of that right, and it's a lot of just problem-solving stuff. So I'd have to go back and make a short about it as you know yeah like as a thing as a finished product um so it'd be after the fact and another thing about this one in particular is that i had a conversation with somebody who works at lego last week um who's not in the department of like sponsorship stuff but he was like hey why haven't you ever done anything with lego I'm like i don't know they've never <laughs> reached out really and he's like, well, let me talk to some people and I'll see what I can do, which is super cool and not a promise or anything. But it also kind of makes me not want to, like, put out a short about how to uh, rip off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's that. Um, but anyway, I it's one of those it's one of those interesting projects where the thing itself is not really going to grab a lot of people's attention if I just say what it is. So I'm trying to get people in through the. Mm -hmm. you know, the less uh, opaque thumbnail. And even along the way, I've I've had more fun doing these interesting little kind of side projects that will make it happen, make it work, um, than doing the main thing, I guess. I don't know. It's kind of weird. But also, this is interesting. So the last video... Last video? Yeah, last video was a Lego video, but the Lego sorter thing. And I was talking to my dad about this a couple days ago because that video went out and it's done all right. It's got some great feedback from people who who like Lego, who are into that 
you know, into the same stuff and everything. So when that video went out, the subscribe, and this happens every time. And so I'm talking about it in a good way, not in a bad way. But the subscriber count, you can see happens per video, right? The people that you gain or lose per video. So the video goes out, the subscriber count starts going down. Starts, And this happens every That's time. For, and there's, yeah. a, there's a lot of reasons for that. That's not a big deal. But it goes down to, I think the lowest I saw it was negative 20. So I lost 20 people who got to that video and said, this is not for me, and they unsubscribed. Cool. Then I went back a couple days later, and I looked at that same number, and it was like positive 12 or something. And while that doesn't actually matter to me, the subscriber number has zero in like impact on anything. I don't care. The thing that was interesting about it was that I realized in that moment that I just replaced you know, 20 people and added 12 people who are into what I'm doing today. And I got rid of people who were into what they saw at some point in the past. Yeah. Not that I don't want people around, but like... Get rid of them. It, it got me thinking about the kind of... As we, as we change and as we grow and our interests change and all that stuff, there needs to be some mechanism to like shuffle audience mm-hmm. in and out to say like, this is me today. You know, if you're not right. into it, cool. <laughs> like no big deal. But I, I, I would like to be able to ground myself in the people right now who are into what I'm doing right now and in the six months do the same thing. And it was kind of cool to see that happening at a really small scale. Um, it's, it's you didn't just gain 12 people that was a net gain of 12 so you actually gained right. 20 32 people plus yeah. whatever and i get every once in a while i'll get um i i i think i used to turn more people off back in the day because i'll get somebody who says i haven't watched any of your videos in a couple of years you've changed i like this or the opposite mm. but it's i grow the audience grows and a lot of times this is the subscriber count is not reflective of who your audience is, especially when you've been around for 10 years, because I've got, right. You know, that uh, like that subscriber to view ratio for me is, uh, not as good as somebody brand new who is all of a sudden taken off where they got a million subscribers and they're getting a million views of video. That's a fresh new audience. I've got an old audience who a lot of those people don't even watch anymore. Right. Yeah. But they're still like on the list. Yeah. 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 I, I remember several years back, Derek from Veritasium did some sort of a video and I don't remember exactly what the thing was, but it was like called unsubscribe now or something to mm-hmm. that effect. And he was mm-hmm. basically trying to force that. If you're not into it, cool. Unsubscribe. <laughs> like Just get out of the way so that I can have a more clear view. And I don't remember exactly how he said it. It would be interesting to go back and watch that, but. Anyway, it was kind of neat to see that because, you know, I've talked about over the last few months doing the doing the Optimus Head and the Hobbit feet. Like, those didn't do well, but that's the kind of fun stuff that I really – I enjoy doing that, and I really want to do that stuff, and I don't want to avoid projects just because I know they're not going to perform. And I would really prefer to have the audience recycle mm-hmm. if it means that – What about a docuseries? If, Seriously, like a like a in a week, put out three videos on the same thing. As you oh, go just through. to like get more make of it, those particular people. More, yeah, no, make it more intimate. Like a little like a, like a, instead of like one video a week, maybe 
three videos, I'm just spitballing, three videos in a week where you get to intimately talk more about the things that excite you about a project like this instead yeah. of glossing over the problem solving. So you get maybe three videos of 10 minutes versus one video of 10 minutes where you got to jam it all in. Yeah. Was yeah, it could be. I mean, series. it's tough though because then you know that you know those are the three videos are not going to do as well as the one video, and then you're putting in more effort for less return. And yeah, I mean, I don't know, but I think that the thing that's cool about seeing that audience recycle a little bit is that every video I do that I really like the thing, even if it's a net negative subscriber count, it's like. A purification. I don't yeah. know. I don't know of another way. To, it's like a filtering of the audience to the people that are actually into me today, and that's great. And I, I so even though it's it looks like a downward trend or a negative number, it still feels kind of good because it's like more true or something. I don't know. Was there something was, different about the Lego video? I I remember watching the video thinking this feels slightly different. I don't. I couldn't pinpoint what it was, but it felt slightly different. Did you take a different approach into like? I don't know uh, uh, the, the way you talked on camera or the scripting or, or something. Yeah, something seemed fresh about the reel that I saw. It looked really, looked very, looked very refreshing for some reason. It was the colors think, of the plastic, maybe. Oh yeah, it could be. <laughs> Everything's not no, black but and it's, gray. It, also, uh, it was, uh, I noticed the cinematography was much more intimate. Maybe oh, that's I don't what know. It was. I mean, I'm shooting, I'm shooting everything myself now. Um, but when you go from a landscape to a reel, maybe it just it forces you to crop it better crop in yeah yeah it could be so i mean it just look good on the reel i don't know i mean i'm trying to just be not that i wasn't ever trying to, not that i was ever trying to act like anything but i feel a little bit more relaxed on camera than i have maybe that's what i was in the past not realizing that i didn't feel relaxed you know what i mean mm -hmm. like um um and i think honestly in the, the past several months my life has changed a fair amount in the last six months or so and i just generally feel lighter so maybe that came through yeah, in the video. That's yeah, that's really interesting. <laughs> yeah, I, I, before we hit record, Jimmy was saying everything is going to crap and all the all of the videos suck or whatever. Do you guys enjoy? <laughs> <laughs> that's an exaggeration. That's a that's a uh, that's greatly exaggerated. But maybe do you guys enjoy the that game of YouTube? I know it's not for for the for the bank accounts. It's. It's not as I still as it enjoy. Used to be, it. I still enjoy, I enjoy the game. I I enjoy playing. I still the enjoy game. making a video a week. I really do. But what about the game of adapting? Oh, I don't know. I don't I mean. I guess we all kind of bent over for reels. You know, we 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 force fit reels into our lives and shorts, even though we didn't want to. I mean, for the most part, most of us are doing it. Uh. It's okay. I mean, it's nice to be able to milk a little bit more content out. And the one thing I love about Reels, a friend of mine is doing some sort of uh, deep dive on YouTube creators. I, I don't know exactly. She couldn't tell me exactly what she was up to, but she interviewed me yesterday. And uh, I said, the one thing I love about making Reels on Instagram is that you could use any music you want, which is totally exciting to be able to just go through like my own personal library of hmm. whatever I feel like putting next to a video because I used to edit all the time to all cool music, and then when if I published it, I couldn't publish it with that music. We're in the beginning of YouTube, so I just stopped playing with good music because I just could never do anything with it. And so now that we can do reels on Instagram, I could pull up any cool soundtrack that I like and have fun with it. And so that's one thing I really do love about it, is the freedom 
I don't know how copyrights work in that arena anymore. I have no idea. I just know I can't do it on YouTube. So that's that. I'm, one, I'm wondering if, if, if we, I don't think we have a subject today. So maybe not today, maybe, maybe today, but uh, we could talk about adapting to change. Mm. I, I don't mind. So to answer your question, I don't mind adapting to things. I've tried to adapt more the older I get, realizing that it, our tendency is to not. Our tendency is to like, this is the lane that I've picked. This is who I am. These are the things I like, and I'm getting older, and I'm just going to stay in that lane, and I'm going to do those things. And I realize that that's not actually a good thing for us. It's not necessarily a bad thing, but it's not it's not a good thing. It's not a positive growth kind of thing. And so I'm, I'm good with adapting, I don't like the game of it. And I, and the thing I don't like about that is being able to deliver what I want. Uh, hmm. I like to be really intentional about the things that I do, purposeful about the things that I do. And if I'm trying to purposely make something to deliver to a specific person and I can't get it to them, there's an unreliability in that that I that's out of my control, that's really frustrating to me. And so the game part of it puts in this like this gate in the middle of, of that that's like, I don't know, maybe we'll give you the person the thing that you made for them or maybe we won't. Maybe we'll do, I don't know, maybe we won't. And that's really irritating because like I want to make something to serve somebody. I want to make something to, that they can enjoy. And if I can't get it to them directly, that's Man, mm. I don't like that. I would rather have the overall return be lower but predictable. You know, it's not like I'm like I'm not getting a million views on everything and so that's really frustrating. That's not what I mean at all. It's that I would rather know that I was going to get 10,000 views every time I hit the publish button. Then I could plan for that. Then I could adjust to that. I could adapt to that setting, but the current game that you're talking about is just like it's like you know try to make this sandwich while you're on a roller coaster well that's really hard i don't i don't want to do that i just want to be able to make a sandwich and then give it to the person who needs the sandwich you know (laughs) i i do enjoy the game i think it's just because i had this addiction to learning new things like i subscribe to way too many of those learning websites and that, that edu- educational stuff is kind of like uh, that's my entertainment I do find myself there are certain things outside of what we do that I have a hard time adapting to um, and one of those things is not everything needs a freaking app I don't need a uh, I don't need to I don't want to run my appliances with an app I also hate turning on <laughs> and off lights by talking to the air like hey google turn on living room lights i freaking hate it i just want to hit a switch i don't care that i have to get up i just want to hit a switch and so um there i and i'm trying not to be an old man about some some of these things but yeah i'm an old man about but that that old man thing that that sentence right there that thing that idea is what i'm talking about is that it's it's fine. I think it's good for us to have things that like, this is just how we like things to be. And as you get older, it's good that you've narrowed down the things that you like and everything, but then not having flexibility 
to adapt. I'm not saying this about you. I'm just saying in general, mm-hmm. not having a flexibility to adapt when you need to, when it's better for you to adapt. That's where a lot of people get stuck. And then they become the old man. They become the get off my lawn guy. And I'm trying to make sure that I'm picking the right things to be, to care about. And then not care about the things that actually don't matter. You know what I mean? Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. I just told myself when I was younger, like, I'm never going to be that old man. You know, I'm always, <laughs> I'm always, I'm always going to listen to cool, aggressive, heavy music and I'm never going to not enjoy new technology. And then here I am like, ah, oh, my music tastes have changed. Not everything has to be at turned up to 11 and just guitars in my face and i mean but it should be to be honest (laughs) Um, i adapt to some things and i don't adapt well to other things you guys are gonna laugh i uh i moved up here seven eight years ago and i took my television i put it in the workshop i haven't touched it i don't i i watch stuff on youtube that's all i ever watch is youtube and uh my new companion wants to always watch everything on apple tv so at her house we watch it at her place and recently she's like don't you have a tv in storage can't we just pull it out and set it up and so reluctantly like it took literally six months (laughs) for me to finally get it here she brought over an apple tv we pulled the tv out we set it up and she logged into all the accounts she likes to watch and she's like there and now what's the funniest thing is is i won't touch it i won't turn it on i won't go near the remote control i'm like put on youtube (laughs) And she's like, here, you just go like this. I'm like, I, I, every time I go near the remote control, I just swipe and I pick the wrong thing because the top half is a mouse pad. And the top half is a mouse pad. Then when you go to click, I like swipe away from it and I click on the next thing. I just, I don't want to touch it. I was like, you just put on, put on Hulu, whatever we're going to watch next. I go, you put it on. I'm not touching it. Is the most frustrating thing for me is to deal with the television interface, deal with the remote control. So that is why I just don't do it. I just, it, when TV became, I talked about this once a long time ago on this podcast. When you had to program a channel, that was the minute I stopped going near a television set. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's it. I don't need it. Don't You've been need an old it. man for a long time. Yep. Don't need it. <laughs> Since my 20s. <laughs> when YouTube came up and I'm like, oh, there's a piece of the TV show I watch, which is probably just about as much as I'd watch if I took the time and energy to turn on a television set. Let me just watch three minutes of Curb Your Enthusiasm. That really excites me. I don't need to watch the whole episode. That's and I see the icon. I tap it with my thumb and that's all I have to do. But when I got to scroll through menus and you know, like the one thing I want to watch, I'm like, oh, Vice, let's watch Vice. We don't have an account for Vice. Forget it. I don't want to watch this thing anymore. So, so that that's where that's hurt. where like I don't adapt. I just completely eliminate. But those like, are hurdles. the minutes. With the minute <laughs> right. like things became complicated, I just go. I guess I don't need that anymore. I don't adapt. I eliminate. <laughs> like this is another really frustrating thing, and I do adapt. Obviously, I do. I mean, here I am. I'm like the one of the oldest guys here, and I'm on YouTube with all you guys, all you youngsters. But with um, youngsters, the other day when my Dremel tool broke, the, when Dremelgate, <laughs> my friend calls it Dremelgate. <laughs> Dremelgate. With Dremelgate, I said, "Okay, maybe you know what? All over the box is download the app. Maybe the app will tell me what's wrong with this thing." So I downloaded the app, and I. Went through the app. The only reason the app 
works with the device is to turn it the speed. That is the only... So they had a team of inventors and designers sitting around the Dremel table. I mean, I don't give them a lot of credit. They're sitting around and go, let's make an app. Well, what can we do with the app? Well, you could adjust the speed. Well, you can do that on the tool, but then you could also do it on the app. Yeah, but you could do it on the tool. No, but you could do it on the app too. Okay, let's make the app then. Completely pointless. The app did not say that the tool was in some sort of special mode. The app actually said that the tool was fine and ready to go. So there's another reason that the app is not in, not has no purpose. It doesn't tell you the emergency mode that the the tool has a red exclamation point on it, but the app doesn't see that. But the app will tell me to turn the speed up and down, and when I'm turning the speed up and down on the app, the speed control on the thing is changing. But it still doesn't tell me why there's a red exclamation point. A lot of things have apps prematurely. That's the point. And Dave, you said that a minute ago. That was my example. Yeah. <laughs> I could say a lot more, but I'm really being... No, don't hold back. No, I can't curse on this app. Can't curse. I got on this adapt. app? This I can't, curse. can't curse on this podcast. I got I to gotta adapt. Yeah, I mean, so, yeah. I think yeah, adapting you know, is one of those things that... Adapt or eliminate. I think we have to do on a regular basis if we're if we're problem solving. You have to be able to adapt to using a new tool. I mean, we've talked about that many Sink times. Or with swim. The laser and, and stuff. I'll say. <laughs> but I also think, like, like I was trying to say earlier, I I also think it's good to know when to care. And part of the YouTube thing, part of the game part that you're talking about, part of the ah, man, I don't know how to say this without offending people. There's <clears throat> There's one side of YouTube creators who, from my perspective, have given up on the things that they cared about in pursuit of the game. They are willing to change everything. They are willing to become anything to play that game. They're adults. Cool. You know, I'm not, there's no comment on them on my part, but I see that. And I also know that I don't want that. <laughs> I also know that there's there's parts of me and parts of why I'm doing this that it's good to care about and it's good to maintain and it's that is not adaptation that is like concession maybe mm-hmm. is a good way to say it and so when it comes to that game yes I'm willing to adapt I'm willing to try a lot of new things I'm trying to change things to make it work as long as it's as it fits with who I am what my goals are how I want my life to be, which I think is a big part of it, is like I want my life to be a certain way. And if trying to play the YouTube game is incongruent with how I want my life to be, then I'm not willing to do it. Is that a fair way to say that, I guess? I think uh, a lot of YouTubers are, are like people who want to dedicate their lives to being a politician like we you know you 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 start off in city council council and you work your way up and i think everybody has a really good intention at first like i i want to make my neighborhood better i want to make my city better i want to make my state better i want to make the country better and i think a, a lot of times along the way you then start playing the game and then you're like oh well if i want to make these people happy i have to do this type of thing and then you kind of lose that authenticity uh, and the and the intention you had at first and i think that's that's a pretty pretty common thing with not 
maybe not just YouTube, maybe just anything as you work your way up the corporate ladder. And sure. um, sometimes you need a, a, a good reset to or a kick in the pants to realize how you got here and 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 why. And, I, and I, these are things that I'm going through through myself. I'm like, OK, I I I do love woodworking. I also love video making. Let's 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 see if we can be a little more authentic in, in what we're doing. And hmm. sometimes that means slowing down. Sometimes that means making longer videos. Um, and I don't know. It's a, I do enjoy the game. I think it's, I think I need the game to keep me interested in playing. I, I need the game to keep me interested in making videos. You know, what's interesting. I, I definitely enjoy still doing it, but what's the fact that obviously views are down from most of us is a certain sense of freedom. Cause it's now a, I'm not saying I'm going to go bananas, but there's a certain sense of freedom in knowing that not too many people, like you don't have the same like center stage that you had. So you can get a little bit more experimental. It can make videos a little bit longer. I could experiment a little bit, but in general, I'm basically staying in the same lane, which is transforming material into interesting objects in an interesting way. It's sort of my mantra and teaching along the way, teaching by showing, not necessarily explaining. Uh, but there is a certain sense of freedom. Like each week I'm like, who, like I said to my guy the other day, it's like, oh, can we put out this many videos? And I said, it doesn't matter. I think I said it before we started. It doesn't matter what my thumbnail is. It doesn't matter what the title is. It doesn't matter what day we put it out. It doesn't matter what time of day we put it out. None of that matters anymore. So I can make four videos in a week and publish them whenever I feel like it. Like I used to just, as soon as I was done editing, I'd hit publish when we first started. I'd, yeah. As soon as the video was done, if I finished the video four days later, I'd hit publish on that one. If I fit, finished the video three weeks later, I'd hit publish on that. There was no schedule or anything. So that certain sense of cowboy freedom is sort of how I feel now. Hmm. We didn't even think about thumbnails. I mean, when thumbnails didn't even matter, it's like YouTube would just grab whatever was like the right appropriate. Hmm. You'd pick one of the three that was the best and then title it whatever you wanted. And then that worked. And then it didn't work. And so until something <laughs> new comes along that works, I don't know. Well, and I think that's, I know that happened to me where you start building a business. And I think this would be the case outside of YouTube as well, where you start building something and you find success. And then whether you mean to or not, your brain goes, that success equals what I did. And so if I want more success, I should do more of that thing. And if I change from that thing, then that will equal not success. And so you just like get into this, what I'm doing, what I did equals this thing. And I have to keep doing it. I have to do more of it and I have to do more of it and I have to keep doing it. And then like you're saying, any change that you actually want to make for yourself or for improvement, it's got to be vetted against, is it going to continue to succeed or am I going to shoot myself in the foot by changing something? And so I definitely felt that where over the past few years, I would write off and we've talked about this. I mean, I would write off a lot of ideas because I knew that they wouldn't even like, it's not worth trying this idea because I know it's not going to work. I know it's going to go counter to what has worked in the past. So I'm just not going to. And then, yeah, the freedom comes in when you realize, well, like what I was doing that was successful before is also not working or it's not working like it did before or whatever. Okay. Well, if that thing I thought was, tried and true is not tried and true then like hey man let's like open season do whatever and that's that's a far more healthy way to be i think at least for me it is and i wish that i had 
kind of had that clarity two years ago or something rather than trying to like this dead horse I need to beat this dead horse some more and I need to keep beating this dead horse because I'm going to get back to the thing the you funny thing is me. what were you saying in two years yeah, yeah. you're going to have even more clarity and you're going to be like oh I wish I would have yeah. done yeah, we, yeah we're all growing sure yeah hindsight right? what, what were you saying Jimmy I was going to say I like to just I like to consider changing within my arena as opposed to you see uh, some people step completely outside the arena and they get huge success but I wonder how sustainable it is you know, uh, mm. so like for instance, like a, and I'm not going to talk bad about him because he's done a fabulous job. But like for instance, Wrangler Star. If you guys watch Wrangler Star, how much he's changed? He's changed like completely. He's like a different person, but he's getting massive views. But mm. he, he's doing all these. These she's really done well with shorts. <clears throat> I actually like his content now more than I did before. But he's playing a character. He's no longer like mm. Cody that we all met. Mm. You know, he's he's completely different person but it's working for him and the content is pretty interesting i'm not going to deny it uh you know he's been an oddball he's been a pretty uh divisive character over the years some people love him some people hate him and he and i have had our thing in the comments but we, we squashed it but what he's changed he's really changed bizarrely but i i tend to see through it i see he's just doing a character but it's working for him and he's still putting out good information, whether you like it or not. I mean, it's, sometimes it's, you know, it's gun content, it's controversial stuff, and it's, you know, prepper stuff. But it is interesting. So he's a, he's a good example of someone that's completely changed to try and buck the system, and it's working for him. But I couldn't well, do it's, that. I couldn't it's interesting, that. though. I don't know him. I don't know the content you're talking about, so I can't yeah. make any statement on mm -hmm. this. But in that situation where you have one person who was doing one thing and then they went really different the other way... I mean, that could be the case with anybody of, you know, maybe they were a character first and now they're mm. not. Or maybe they were themselves first and right. now they're a character. But either one right. of those things are a change, I would imagine, an intentional change towards something that works better now. And I think that's, I think that's kind of what we're all doing is we're trying to make mm. an intentional change towards what works better right now, whether that's. I, I don't know. Oh, I did but, that with you know my my previous full time job of like oh I got hired as a as a graphic designer and then they needed a web developer. I'm like oh yeah I can be your web developer. I can I can I can be that character. And I was trying to play the game. I was trying to put myself in a better position at work. And it's, I'm probably always going to do that. I I'm always looking out for what yeah. I think is best for me at the time. Yeah. I think it's good to adapt. Yeah. I think it's good to reevaluate what you can offer, what you need, um, what's available, because all that stuff changes on a regular basis. And I think we can get into trouble when we don't pay attention to those things. Mm. So I think it's a good thing. Mm. Mm. Um. I'll learn how to use the remote. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just kicked something over. Sorry. Yeah, Jimmy needs an Apple TV. If you still have the <laughs> Apple TV with the, 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 the flat mouse pad track thing at the top of the remote, you got to get the new one. That previous remote Is this was the a new worst one? thing Apple had ever made. Yeah, the new one, the one has with the a mouse circle thing, and it's got uh, Bob, maybe Bob is pulling one up now. Oh, no. Oh, I, th I thought you were. Yeah, the one with the flat top, that was the worst thing Apple has ever made. Yeah, that is so annoying. It is so annoying. Yeah. 
<laughs> Especially my my hands is dry like wood. Like nothing happens when I touch it. You know, I'm sorry this turned into a, uh, an old person podcast of just gripes and, and things we hate. Maybe next week we'll talk about things we love. Next week we'll just talk about how our backs hurt. Yeah. So big thanks to our Patreon supporters who give us an opportunity to complain about things and to talk about changing things for the better. <laughs> big thanks to everybody over there at Patreon, especially our top supporters, Corey Ward, Albers Woodworks, Works by Solo, Chad from Mancrafting, Chad's Custom Creations, Rich at Lowen Designs, Odin Leather Goods, Sean Beckner, Scott at Dad It Yourself DIY, The New Jakey Workshop, Warren Works, Michael Menegin, The Web Ranch Specialties, and Crabtree Creative. Thank you. Uh, but also, people like Newton Makes. There's a bunch of people Ooh. that help us out. They all get the after show with video now. Sometimes, Hi. probably. Um, and the after show is more of us talking it's not more complaining it's not more <laughs> complaining it's more stuff it's usually secret stuff upcoming stuff jimmy talks about all of his tv shows and that don't happen stuff and yeah so if you want to help us out we would greatly appreciate it you go to patreon.com slash making it um put links in the description and all that stuff but go check it out big thanks to them thank do you guys have anything to recommend i have something really good to recommend i mean this is okay. the one good thing that came out of having a apple tv <laughs> the one good thing. Do you guys one watch? And I actually heard him on. I heard him on Marin, John Wilson's How to How to with John Wilson. Do you guys watch this? Nope. Oh my god! I figured you guys would both be like, "Yeah, that's such old news." Dave, How to with John Wilson. Uh, I started watching the. It's an HBO show, I believe. I started watching the yeah. first episode yeah. and I got distracted. And I keep people keep telling me to watch it. You would love it. Yeah. It's really great. It's this guy just walks around. John Wilson. He's obviously the comedic. Uh, he's got a comedic documentary style, and he walks around New York City and just films everything in New York City, and then turns it into a narrative. Birds fighting, people feeding pigeons, people like inside coffee shop windows with weird facial expressions. He turns it all into a narrative, and every week it's a different subject that meanders. So it's like how to buy real estate. You know, how to split the check was another one. It's really, really, really worth the watch. It's super funny, especially if you have a quirky sense of humor. And it's just, it's a great thing about showing how, you know, we we film so many random things on our phones and we just don't know what to do with them besides just send them to close friends. But he strings these things together in a narrative, which is pretty, huh. pretty, pretty incredible. It's funny. It's on HBO Max, whatever. It's, it's old. It's already now a few years old. A lot of the episodes take place during COVID. And I heard him on Marin, and I, that's what made me look him up. So check it out. So cool. Mine comes from a listener of the show. Uh, he goes by Pajamas on Twitter, and he recommended oh, yeah. this wooden Game Boy video, which is pretty incredible. So the this channel is called There Ought to Be. He took he got a new CNC, and so he took a Game Boy and he re. He, he drew up the whole thing, I believe, in Fusion 360, and then see and see this amazing-looking wooden Game Boy, and it's right up my oh, alley wow. of turning everything into wood. That is really cool looking. Dang. And he's not the first one. Weird. Oh, there's, there's more. Like a bunch of them. Yeah. I mean, his is the nicest looking, but there are other ones. I don't know why that's surprising. I've seen them pop but, up a little bit. <clears throat> That's cool. Um, mine is so. Uh, I've talked about the slow mo guys 
often. Mm-hmm. You know, I've talked about a bunch of their videos and stuff. They did a new video about exploding gold in a vacuum at 80,000 frames per second. That's the name of the video. And they basically took sheets of gold leaf and they put it in a vacuum chamber. And then when they let the pressure into the vacuum chamber, it just, the sheet just explodes. What? (laughs) The thing, and it's a cool video. Um, But the cool thing, the thing that made me put it here and talk about it right now is the fact that it's not. It's not something that anybody would ever want to see. <laughs> it's not It's not one of those things where you go, oh, yeah, I've always wondered what happens when you put a watermelon in a microwave or what, you know, whatever the thing is. Like, it's not something that anybody would want to see, but they did it because they wanted to see what it looked like. And it's not any different than their other videos, really, but when I was watching it, I just kind of had this feeling of, like, these guys are just doing this for themselves. Like, they, they really... They found a thing that's interesting. They like to see details on things really slow, and they just—they've had success at it. But they're—they're they're just doing like weird little things like this, and they're able to keep doing it. And I think that's really cool. And I think that spoke to me more than like the actual video. You know, we're actually—it's—it's it's pretty. It's a cool-looking thing. And I think that's why I watch their videos. Not that I care about slow mo so much. Not that I care about mousetraps or water balloons or any of the stuff that they do on a regular basis but they genuinely have a good time making the videos you can tell that they're best friends and they just like have fun poking at each other and just trying weird things and seeing what happens and i don't know that's the kind of stuff that i think should exist that's kind of playing outside of the algorithm Mm -hmm. and you know all that um so one of the things that i've discovered about myself is that i don't enjoy i I enjoy woodworking more when my brother is there like he's there Hmm. filming me and it's almost like i'm sharing this with him i have somebody to bounce ideas off of he's got some good ideas or he sees things that i don't want to see and it just i don't even uh it it just makes it it feels like i'm doing it more for myself when he's there just because there's this energy in the room and I don't know that, 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 that's, that's all. It just made me think of like, I enjoy it more for myself when I'm sharing this with an actual physical person. Interesting. Yeah. Cool. Well, um, Mm -hmm. that's it. You guys Mm -hmm. got anything else this week? Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll catch you next time. Thank you guys. Love it.